Well, thank you for that prayer a moment ago that uh, helped us focus on taking next steps. I appreciate that. Last week, we began to talk about um, my new little series, Small Steps That Make a Big Difference. And we spent some time last week talking about the step of moving from me to God. And I hope you were here last week for that. I, I think that that's a significant step that we can take that will help us in our relationship with God. And after all, that's what we, what we want to do, is to move closer to God. And sometimes that's a challenging thing, because uh, to move closer to God, to take next steps from us to God, uh, is challenging. And it reminds us that sometimes we're not where we ought to be, you know. That's why we have to take that next step. And so today I want to continue that, that series that we started last week, recognizing that every small step that we can take will make a big difference in our relationship with God. And I want to, I want to talk this morning about, about stepping from immaturity to maturity. It's a small step that will make a big difference. Now I, have, I just have to tell you, I'm a little bit What's the right word? Gun shy this morning <laughs> about this subject because uh, many years ago I, I preached on spiritual immaturity. And about halfway through my sermon, I had a couple that was in the back corner there. They stood up and I thought, whoa, whoa. And they, they went towards that back door and they swung it open and they turned around. And they stared at me. And it wasn't like this. It was like this. And they just stood like that. Well, I, I preached for another two, three, four minutes about spiritual immaturity. And they went, I think I almost heard a couple of, or two of them uh, growl. Like, and so I, I'm just like, you know, but this is what God has laid on my heart to talk about today. And you know, this might be truly one of these things that if the shoe fits, you know, kind of thing. But one of the things that though, that, that couple uh, didn't realize was that, that when I was preaching about spiritual immaturity, I was really focusing more on preaching to myself than anybody else. And I think that applies today. It's, you know, to me, is that, you know, it's always this challenge to, to grow up and to mature in the faith. And so, so let's begin by looking today at Hebrews chapter 5. And when we go to Hebrews chapter 5, we'll see that there are three different signs of a spiritually immature Christian. And before I read any text at all, I just let me say I, I made the observation that when you use the phrase spiritually immature Christian and you look at the, at the letter, the first letter of all three words, it spells S-I-C-sick. And so I'm not talking about people that are new to the faith this morning. I'm not talking about, about people that are, that are new Christians or, or I'm not talking about, about people that are trying to figure this thing out and 
trying to make a decision whether or not to follow Christ. I'm talking today about people that have claimed the name of Christ for a long time, and yet they remain spiritually immature Christians. And the honest truth is, when you think about someone who has, who has been in the way for a long time, and if they're still spiritually immature, that's not healthy. So there's a little acronym there, S-I-C, sick. Now, let's read verse 11, Hebrews 5, 11. The writer begins like this. We have much to say about this, and he's referring, of course, to the previous uh, section. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. Three signs of being spiritually immature. Here's the first sign, slow to learn. And in the original uh, Greek language behind this phrase, slow to learn, is, is this definition of this Greek word, which means dull of hearing. You are hard of hearing. And so people that are spiritually immature, they have selective hearing. And if you are a parent with kids, you know what that selective hearing is like. I mean, just imagine, do you, do you remember what it was like when your kids were young? And maybe they still are young, but on Christmas morning, and you haven't opened the presents yet, and the kids are like up there in the uh, uh, upstairs in their bedroom, and you think they're still asleep, and you and your spouse are downstairs in the kitchen, you're, you're drinking some coffee, and you say to the other one, you say, shall we get the kids up? Maybe it's time to open presents. And all of a sudden, you hear this commotion from upstairs. They're running downstairs. Somehow, they heard that. It defies any scientific explanation. They heard it. But take, take that same family. And the next day, when, when mom says, kids, it's time to go to bed. Kids, hey, hey, kids, time to go to bed. They, what happened to that hearing that was so astronomical the day before? You know, this is this idea of selective hearing. And the text suggests to me that one of the signs of spiritual immaturity is this selective hearing. And I see that demonstrated a lot when we talk about the Bible. And maybe we don't know the Bible all that well, or maybe we do, but, but we, we kind of selectively pay attention to certain verses and decide to ignore other verses. I mean, like, for example, uh, we just kind of love that phrase in the Bible that says, God gives good gifts to his children. I like that. Don't you? I mean, I just like that a lot. But somehow or another, across the years, I've noticed a lot of Christians don't talk about Luke 9.23, where Jesus, when he calls his disciples, he says, if you would come after me and follow me, you have to pick up your cross every day. Um, what happened to that? 
you know? What, why don't we talk about that? It's, it's this idea of, of selective hearing. Um, and so Christians with selective hearing, we, we always talk about hell. Um, we always talk about heaven, but we don't talk about hell. We always talk about getting, but we're reluctant to talk about giving. We always talk about being served, but we're reluctant to talk about serving. It's this idea of selective hearing. And I don't know, I've, I've tried to figure out, you know, why do, why do I do that myself in my own life? And the best thing I can come up with is that it's my way of trying to get what I want. You know? So if I see something in the Bible that I like, I'm all over it. If I see something in the Bible I don't like, I tend to ignore that. I have, I have selective spiritual hearing, and that's not a good thing. So that's, that's the first sign that this writer here lays out of being a spiritually immature Christian. Now, verses 12 to 13. Let me read those verses. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, <clears throat> is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. So someone that is spiritually immature is someone who is showing no signs of spiritual growth. I mean, they are, they are flatlined in their spiritual growth. I mean, they still rely on someone to teach them when, as the text says by now, they ought to be teaching. It's kind of like a 60-year-old a who sucks on a bottle. I mean, that's... Or, or the 60-year-old who says, let's have T-bone for lunch, and you run it through the blender so you can drink it. Ooh, that's a pretty sad picture. Uh, but if you are hard of hearing spiritually, and you only pay attention to the things you want to pay attention to, and ignore the challenging things in Scripture or the challenging words of the Holy Spirit to you, you'll not grow and mature as a Christian. You, 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 you just you won't. You'll remain spiritually undeveloped. And that's, that's a sad, sad thing. Because God wants us to grow and mature. He doesn't want us to remain in our diapers. <laughs> he wants us to grow, it, to grow in our faith. All right. I can see you're all happy about this. <laughs> all right, verse 14. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So here's, here's the last of the three signs that someone might be spiritually immature it's that they put no effort or little effort into developing their own relationship with God. Uh, let me read verse 14 again. But solid food is for the mature 
who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. I talked to a, a, a friend of mine one time who had, I, I don't know, he's 50 years old or, or more. He'd grown up in the church. He'd been in the church uh, his entire life and um, was really a great guy. But he pulled me aside one day and he said, I'm leaving the church. I said, really? And it surprised me because he'd been in this church a long, long time. I said, can I ask why? And he said, I'm not being fed. And I, you know, if you've been in the church for, if you're 50 years old and you've been in the church your whole life, um, you know, this, per, this person that I'm talking about, he should have been leading a life group. He should have been feeding others. You know, he should have been serving in the church. But he spent his whole life in the church with this idea that feed me, feed me, feed me. Um, and I have to be honest, that's a sign of spiritual immature, immaturity. I mean, feed me. I, I don't see that in the Bible. <laughs> I don't see that as a hallmark of, of the great men and women of faith in, in Scripture. I, I don't see that. It's, this, it's a, a mindset that se- sends the signal that it's somebody else's responsibility to make me grow in the faith. So now, so now there you have it. You have these three signs that the Scripture clearly, in my judgment, clearly lays out for us that are signs of someone who is spiritually, uh, spiritually uh, immature. And so <clears throat> I, I, I would never, ever, ever say someone is spiritually immature that's between you and God, and so now I'm going to ask you to take a little test. It's your own test. It's not my deal. It's, this is a deal between, between you and God. But I want to ask you to think now about what the text has said so far about being spiritually immature. And so I'm asking you to do a self-assessment. Do a self-assessment. And based on these three signs, obviously there are just three questions to the self-assessment. And it's this. First is this. Do you, do you have a selective hearing when it comes to spiritual truth? Just think about that for a moment. When When the Holy Spirit whispers challenging truth to you, do you ignore it or do you hear it? Is your hearing pretty good? Do you you pay attention to the truth that comes across your spiritual radar? And when the, for example, if you're at work and the Holy Spirit says, see that person over there? They're really discouraged. Look at them. You need to go and encourage them. Do you, do you hear that? Or do you just turn off your spiritual hearing aid and just go about your business? 
just, you know? Or if, or if you're reading in the Bible and you're challenged about some wrong that you do habitually, maybe a bad habit that you have, and the Holy Spirit convicts you about this bad habit, do you hear that? Or do you ignore it? Um, okay, that's the, first, that's the first question on the test, on the self-assessment. <laughs> the next one is this. Are you seeing personal signs of spiritual growth? I mean, think about where you were five years ago spiritually. Are you more in love with God now than then? Uh, are you more obedient now than you were then? Are you serving in the church? Um, or are you expecting to be served in the church? Um, I think I'll just let that right there. Think about it. Here's the, third, here's the third question. Do you put little or no effort into your own spiritual life expecting someone else to do it for you? I mean, after all, that's the preacher's job, right? <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> have, you, have you embraced the truth? Maybe, or maybe this is a new truth for you. I, I, I don't know. But have you embraced the truth that it's up to you to grow spiritually? Not your sister, not your brother. Up, it's, it's up to you. Or do you blame everybody else for your lack of spiritual growth? How long has it been since you've done anything to help yourself spiritually, to deepen your relationship with God. So those are, those are the three diagnostic questions. And I'm not, I'm not going to ask for a report on the test. <laughs> it's pretty personal, isn't it? I mean, it is. And it, it's personal to me. But at least now, hopefully, you kind of get an idea where you might be at spiritually. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you need help in this area or not. But if you do, the next logical question is this. How, <clears throat> how then, if we need to, how do we step from spiritual immaturity to maturity? How do we make that happen? How do we, how do we grow, become more mature in our faith, in our relationship with God? And so let me read, let me read verse 14 again. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use, now here comes the key phrase, have trained themselves. This is the start of how you make the step from spiritual immaturity to maturity. You accept the responsibility to train your Self. It seems so simple. It really does. Um, but I think somewhere along the line, we've got the idea that it's the pastor's job to, to feed you. It's the church's job. And if I'm not grown, growing spiritually, then 
maybe I should look for another church. Um, no, no. To train yourself, and you need to, I think, to embrace that truth, that it's up to you to grow in your relationship with God. And the truth of the matter is, I can't make you do that. If Billy Graham was alive, he can't make you do that. The greatest preacher on the planet can't make you do that. The best church, uh, or, or the biggest church, can't make you do that. It's, it's on your shoulders to do that. However, however that looks. You know, you stop and think about it. In a typical month, if you come to church every Sunday, you're in church four hours. Four hours. Now, I'm not real good at math. I did the math before I came here. I'm probably wrong. I was, by the way, if you're 25 years of age and you were here when I talked about how you could be a millionaire by putting $50 a week away, somebody came up afterward and said, that ain't right. Your math is way off. So my math might be way off, but I do know this. In a typical month where there's four weeks, if you're in church, um, every Sunday, that's about four hours a month, maybe five if you hang out a little bit. Five hours a month. But what about, what about the other 665 or 70 hours? I, I, I mean, you, you can't really change hardly anything in four hours a month. Um, so this is, this is why it's important, I think, for you and, and for me to embrace this idea that we grow spiritually, yes, by coming to church. Don't, don't get an attitude and say, well, I won't go back to church again. No, I'm, I'm not saying that. Keep coming because hopefully this is helpful to some extent. But it's this idea that that when you're not in church, you need to be working to move closer in your relationship with God because it's your responsibility. Read Christian literature. Listen, listen to Christian music. Uh, be, part of a, be part of a life group. Find a way to serve in church. I mean, um, it, it's those kinds of things that will take you deeper and deeper in your relationship with God, it's on your shoulders. It's on your shoulders to do that. All right, now, and let's go to uh, chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that led that lead to death, and of faith in God, uh, instructions about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. So, you know, I read that verse, and I'm like, so what does that mean about how we can take this step from going from immaturity to maturity? And I thought, you know, when it says leave, leaving behind and going on to maturity. The second part is, is to accept, the, rather the first part is to accept the responsibility that on your shoulders, 
But then the second part is, is this. It means that you have to be willing to change. You have to say, I, I, I need to change. I want to change. I'm willing to change. You know? I, and that's, that's, the, that's the clear follow-up to this idea that, okay, it's my responsibility. What is God wanting me to do now? Where is God wanting to take me next? What do I need to improve in my life? What is the Holy Spirit saying to me about my spiritual life? What do I need to get rid of in my life that's holding me back? And so this second part about about how to take the step is this idea that you're willing, you're willing to make changes. Because if you're not willing to make changes, you'll just... Be the way you are, and maybe the way you've been for the last year or two or three or four or five. You have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to launch out into the deep and stop wading along the shoreline. You need, you need to be willing to trust God as he leads you into unfamiliar territory. You know, the, the, the text I read a moment ago, is hinting about, about the ABCs of being a Christian. And we need to, to leave those behind. It isn't that the ABCs are unimportant. Think about, about learning to read. You have to learn the ABCs. They are foundational for you to be able to read a word, but eventually the letters make words, and the words make sentences, and pretty soon you're reading War and Peace. You don't forget the letters. You have to have the letters. And this is how it is in your relationship with God. We have to understand the basic truths of the faith. We don't flush them down the toilet, God forbid. But we build, we build on those. And we go on to deeper truths and learn the joy of radically being obedient to God to learn the joy of of walking into the future. Even though it might be scary, but knowing that we can trust God and then see where He takes you in your spiritual life. That's how you do it. According to the text, at least. It's this idea of saying, okay, Train yourself. I'm accepting responsibility. And then when you say, I'm accepting responsibility, you're going to be willing to change. And now the only thing that remains is for you to listen close to the voice of the Holy Spirit and say, okay, God, what next? What's next? And when you have that mindset, when you have that posture, you will see that taking us this small step from immaturity to maturity will make a big, big difference in your spiritual life. Mm. Stand with me and let me pray. <clears throat> Father, we're thankful for this challenging word this morning from the book of Hebrews. 
Thank you for challenging my own heart, for prodding me to move forward in the faith. I pray that you would help me to become more mature. But Father, I pray the same thing for all of my friends that are here today. Now, Father, I have confidence in these people. I really do. But I'm also confident, Father, that regardless of where each person is at in their relationship with you, you, you want to take them further. You have plans for them. You have challenges for them. You want each of us to grow deeper and deeper in the faith. I pray that that would be the results as each of us take that step this morning. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.